you know, it was it was a time in my life where I was just made some big decisions, and it was like, a, it was hectic. It was stressful, but it was also <laughs> like, you know, very enlightening. And like, you know, I feel like I really found myself in 2008, 2009. That's climber Brad Gobright, and this is the Wilder Mind Podcast. My mind grows wilder when I stoke that fire inside. Hear the call in the distance. It's a long road worth your while. Hey, hi, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of the Wilder Mind podcast. I'm your host, your tour guide, and the voice that continually interrupts the conversation, Cody Camerlin. Endless thanks, my friends, for tuning into the podcast and on Instagram for posting, sharing, commenting, stoking, and just being awesome humans. It means the world to me. And if I can take a second to say, some of you are reaching out directly to me via Instagram and email. Seriously, keep it coming. I love the conversations. I love learning new stories and perspectives from new and amazing humans. It's a blast. I'm absolutely having the time of my life. I really hope that all of you are as well. And if you're not, challenge yourself to find a way to make that happen. Chase that feeling with everything you've got. So here we are, episode five, with the one and only Brad Gobright. Known for his heart-pounding free solos, incredible big wall climbing in Yosemite, including once holding the speed record on the nose with partner Jim Reynolds, beat only by the duo of Honold and Caldwell, and of course, the film Safety Third. If you've not seen it, you need to. In fact, it was really this film that was my personal intro to Brad Gobright, and when I saw it, I became a huge fan. When Brad and I met for the podcast, he was living in Las Vegas for the season, focused on his fitness, athleticism, and building his climbing strength, both in the gym and outdoors, when the weather allowed. Brad was just coming off an intense training day and had mentioned climbing pretty easy, which turned out to not be the case at all. In what Jordan Cannon described as classic Brad, he started hard and ended hard and never backed off in between. For me, it was one hell of an awesome experience to belay him as he had what he describes as a pretty great day of climbing. In fact, we chat about that very thing in this podcast. And I am stoked to share this conversation as it goes far beyond climbing. Happiness, purpose, life goals, and a little bit of artificial intelligence tossed in the mix. Climber or not, you're going to really enjoy this. And... It was the first podcast to be recorded in my new, well, new to me, mobile studio. I'm air quoting studio, by the way. So this time, we're not in some picturesque place. We're in a parking lot outside the Nevada Climbing Center, pretty late at night, but in my badass fan studio van life thing. So take a seat in an early model conversion van. The air sort of has that old RV smell. The sky, dark. Because it's really late at night. The asphalt, 
asphalty, and the nearby airport really loud and rumbly. Now, let's do the damn thing. Brad, this is yeah, awesome, man. Here we are. Thanks for the day. Thanks for, yeah. uh, it's late. Thank it's you. Like, yeah, and you're the one who drove. Oh, no, that's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> worth it, man. This <laughs> is awesome. You. It's like nine something. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice, uh, nice late, late time <laughs> podcast talk. It's going to get weird. Late for me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> late for me, man. This is great. Well, especially Not after late you for were, Vegas. Yeah, yeah. It's like Vegas is just getting started. Yeah. Yeah, definitely late for you, though, because you, uh, you uh, crushed it today, man. Yeah. Yeah, I had a good day. That was, that was like, uh, yeah, that was a good day for me. Like, you, you haven't seen me climbing, you know, ever. And that was, I can tell you with honesty, that was like, that was a good day. Yeah? Yeah. Awesome. I mean, I've had better days, but that was like. Like as far for sport climbing, that was probably the best day of sport climbing I've ever ever had. Dude, that's great. performance wise, yeah, it's yeah. kind of kind of surprised me. I'm stoked to have been there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was psyched to be there too. Yeah, warming up on a 13A. Uh, 12D. Warmed up on a 12D. Yeah, and then um, and that was that one took like, that one took the most effort. I feel like the 12D. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a warm up. Yeah, warm up felt that felt terrible for a warm up. Yeah, and then you know the, it was the last climb too, so I was all like super tired. So both times it was just like, oh, desperate. The worst time to be doing it, mm. which was great because I, I think <clears> you were like, oh my, you know, you worked the moon board, your tips mm. are sore. Yeah, and you were gonna like on hang razory, razor thin limestone. Yeah, that stuff was yeah. sharp. Yeah. And then you got a thirteen D on site. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I was like, uh, I didn't suspect that at all. I was like thinking we'd go there, and I would just like. You know, play around, hang out with you guys, maybe help Sam shoot some stuff, and maybe climb once. But then it ended up being like, oh, I gotta send the crag. <laughs> so cool. But tomorrow is definitely 100% gonna be a rest day. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna be moving heavy boxes to help my roommates move. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> active rest day. Yeah. Yeah. Active. So that's. I mean, that kind of goes back to what we talked about earlier, though. Um, as far as like having a really good day out there, that mm. you, know, you, you go out there and you do better than expected. And mm. what I, one of the first comments when you came down, you're like, ah, that's probably soft. Mm-hmm. And but that is kind of the thing. You've been you've been training hard for mm. a long time. You're working the moon board. You're yeah. you know, taking care of yourself. Do you think how much of that is not wanting to admit that maybe you're getting that much better, and how much is that it could maybe be soft? I, th- I think I um. It's like the win. It's been a pretty terrible winter for weather, and like climbing outside's been tough, especially like near Red Rocks, where the rock when the rock gets wet, it's like you can't really climb on it. Hey everyone, jumping in really early here with a climbing PSA: wet sandstone. Just don't climb on it. Period. I'll provide two links in the show notes that I think are pretty great, but you can Google around yourself too. One of the links is from BLM, specifically for Red Rock Canyon. They recommend 24 hours after a rain. The last time I climbed there, I believe the park information pamphlet recommended two days. And yeah, that's right. I read the pamphlet. I'm a nerd. Who cares? Some folks suggest 36 hours, like the article provided to rockclimbing.com in the show notes. Another great test? If the ground is wet, then don't climb. Yeah, I know. You've planned the trip. You spent the money. You want the experience. But we can't rebuild broken holds. And the fall you risk when a cam slides out of a wet crack, a bolt comes loose, or a hold breaks on your boulder problem just isn't worth it. So if you're headed to Red Rock Canyon, be sure to have a plan B. And it's been so wet this winter, and so I've been climbing mostly indoors. 
and um, it isn't. It it hasn't been until this last week that I've really kind of started climbing outside again and kind of getting an idea of like how I'm doing. And yeah, I've been climbing really well. Um, I've climbed. I climbed a little bit in Red Rocks last week because it was dry enough, and I was climbing really well. And then today, I just was like climbing really, really well. Um, and so that was that was like. That was definitely a surprise. Like I, I, I knew I was like in pretty good shape just judging from how I climbed last week in Red Rocks. Like I felt pretty good and um but then today it was like kind of su- actually surprised me. I was like, Wow, I actually am feeling really good up there. But I do think part of it is like with with all honesty, I really do think a part of it was like those roots are a little soft. <laughs> I think they're also yeah. very long though too. Yeah, they're, they're really long, and it's definitely the, this my kind of style of climbing where it's like long and just vertical. You know, yeah. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I've most of the climbing I've done throughout my life is like in Yosemite and stuff where it's like vertical and kind of techy and like crimpy, and that that's like one hundred percent my style. It's like vertical cramps, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That stuff was thin. Yeah. Thin and the the Very routes thin. were long. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and thin sharp. and long. Yeah. Not sustained though. They were like good. There were good rests. It was like there'd be like a good juggy hold every like three clips or so. Yeah. And then there'd be like hard boulder problems in between those 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 jugs. So yeah, I think the stars were just kind of aligned today. <laughs> Although I I do I would do wonder how I'd be if I was like actually fresh today. You know, because I, I climbed for, like, a long time yesterday, and my fingertips were really sore. And I was kind of thinking I'd climb terrible today. But uh, now I wonder, it's like, man, what if I, like, was actually feeling fresh? Dude, yeah, you got to go back fresh. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, because, I mean, you've been, like, working your forearms all day with the yeah. massage tool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. go back 100%. 100% fresh, yeah. We'll see. You know, the it's funny, like, the number one thing that gets me out of shape, though, is Yosemite. Going to Yosemite, I get so out of shape there. And, um, really? Yeah, it's like, it's just, uh, it's like, you know, you're doing, like, when I go there, I'm doing, like, big climbs. I'll do, like, a big climb. It'll take all day, and then I'll take three rest days to rest up from that, and then I'll do another big day. And it's like, it's a pretty, it's like, you know, a lot of crack climbing, not much overhanging stuff. And it's like, a, it doesn't really build fitness very well. And so I, I know, like, with my experience now from, from so many years of climbing, I know it's like this is just kind of the pattern where like in the wintertime, especially during like a season where it's been like kind of wet and I've been kind of forced in the gym, I'll, I'll be coming out of the season climbing really well. And um, which is perfect because spring, you know, the next season is spring and that's kind of when I want to be strong. And then I'll kind of slowly lose my fitness when I go out on the road. And sure. then um, by the time summer rolls around, I'm like, kind of lost a lot of that fitness and then i kind of have to build it back up again for the fall yeah and that, that's kind of how it's been it's been like you know s- winter and summer are kind of more like take it e- take it easy train and then spring and s- spring and fall are more like just rage and be on the road so it's kind of classic two steps forward one step back though, yeah right? no exactly yeah i mean i feel like i'm progressing but um yeah, I mean, if if like talk to me in June, I'll be like super out of shape. So. <laughs> well, I'll probably hopefully be in Yosemite in June, so I can yeah, talk to you. Yeah, you'll how see how out of shape I'm. <laughs> I'll be great. Like I'll be crushing the five ten cracks. Yosemite's got thousands and thousands of feet of five ten hand cracks, and I'll be coming out of like the valley in June, just crushing vertical cracks. Dude, but, yes. Uh, everything else will just be like, ugh. I've I've noticed that in myself, like when I focus more and try to go to sport, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, this yeah, is hard. Yeah, I can, like the transition's a little weird. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. But. So when you uh, you started young, you started like mm-hmm. at age seven climbing, right? Yeah, seven, seven or eight. Yeah. 
Yeah. When did it become like a, a real main focal point of your life? Um, I would say it was probably when I got out of high school. Um, and then it like I took a year of community college, and then um, in 2008 I dropped out of community college and just moved to Yosemite National Park, or you know I moved to Yosemite to work there, and um, it wasn't until then where I was like, okay, this climbing's my thing now. Like I was gonna go get a job working in Yosemite Valley for the summer and then come back and go back to school. And I ended up just like not com- not going back. I was like, I'm not going back to school. I'm going to stay here. And then, you know, that's, that's just when it was like, okay, climbing's my thing. That's, this is my life now. So. Dude. Yeah. yeah. And Yosemite is probably a pretty amazing place to find that. I mean, not only the climbing, yeah. but then just the lifestyle and the scenery there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was in, that was like the first time I ever like moved away from home. It was the first real job I had. And, um, you know, it was, it was a time in my life where I was just made some big decisions and it was like, a, it was hectic. It was stressful, but <laughs> it was also like, you know, very enlightening. And like, you know, I feel like I really found myself in 2008, 2009. Was, those were some big years in my life. So life changing. Yeah. I love what follows. It's so much of why I started this podcast. And before we get there, I want to share something I read while sitting in my office late one evening trying to determine how to better manage my time, as in not to be sitting in the office late in the evening. Written by Clayton M. Christensen, the Kim B. Clark Professor of Business Administration at the Harvard Business School. That's one hell of an intro at dinner parties. It reads, Over the years, I've watched the fates of my HBS classmates from 1979 unfold. I've seen more and more of them come to reunions unhappy, divorced, and alienated from their children. I can guarantee you that not a single one of them graduated with the deliberate strategy of getting divorced and raising children who would become estranged from them. He continues on to explain that he tells his students their time at HBS may be their last chance to think and reflect deeply on their life purpose. Right, we can all agree with that because as life continues, we only become more engulfed by long hours and those normative societal commitments so many refer to as adulting. He explains that while a Rhodes Scholar, he had to make the choice to dedicate one hour a day to figuring out his purpose on this earth, even though that meant not committing that hour to the rigors of applied econometric studies. Last quote, and really the one that I want to focus on. Had I instead spent that hour each day learning the latest techniques for mastering the problems of autocorrelation in regression analysis, I would have badly misspent my life. I apply the tools of econometrics a few times a year, but I apply my knowledge of the purpose of my life every day. So friends, keep that in mind as we continue the conversation with Brad. And really, keep it in mind every day. Yeah, it was it was a rough path, you know. Like in the moment, like I was like, man, is this like a good idea? Quitting, like not going back to school, and like, you know, just making some big choices here. And uh, you know, for the most part, as of now, I feel like it was like a perfect choice. You know, I'm I'm really happy now, and I feel like it. Um, you know, it was a rough road getting here, but I, I feel really good now. At least for the most part, like. You know, who knows what the future will bring. But, sure. Uh, you know, maybe when I'm like 40, I'll be like, oh, man, I wish I had a, like, 
a better job with a better education because I can't like you know crush climbing anymore because I'm like too old. But we'll see. Maybe maybe something else will come along. Houdon was doing pretty good out there. Today. He was doing good. Yeah, <laughs> he's crushing. He's yeah. crushing. He's like 50 or something. Yeah. Talking about his daughter, and he's climbing harder than I was climbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy crushes. Yeah. It's pretty inspiring. It's definitely uh, very inspiring. Like, you know, watching stuff like, you know, Andra. Or... While out in Lime Kiln Canyon at the Grail Wall, we ran into climbers Jordan Cannon and Mark Hudon. Samuel Crossley also showed up a bit later, so it was really cool to see everyone. And I have to add, it was a real treat meeting Mark Hudon. A true Yosemite big wall free climbing pioneer and legend. He and climbing partner Max Jones broke into new territory in Yosemite with their mantra, free as can be. In fact, as I was standing near Mark, as he belayed Jordan and I belayed Brad, we chatted about crack ethics. He mentioned one particularly loud team spraying beta back and forth for at least 20 minutes. We used to just figure it out, he said. I'm notorious for snapping at friends for beta spraying. So, yeah, that comment made me smirk. So, Mark, if you're listening, you're an absolute badass, dude. Your videos, your articles, articles about you, I've seen them, read them, and tossed some links into the show notes. Honald or something, like, that's inspiring, but it's also, like, I feel like it's more more inspiring to see, like, older dudes climb because you're like, fuck, yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to be that age someday, and I hope I'm, like, climbing that well then. Oh, for sure. Yeah, so. Well, and and that's, it's like what you just said, you know, you don't know what the future brings, but you do know that you can get through a challenging rough time, because Mm -hmm. you said, okay, here's the choice I made. Yeah. I'm going to stick to it and see it through. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you just put your your head down, and and you you do that. Grind it out. Yeah. yeah. And we can start to be a lot of times in that rough road that you're thinking, Mm -hmm. crap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, my my parents definitely. There were a lot of times where they just thought like, you know, crap. You know? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I think I think I'm I'm psyched now, and, and they're psyched for me, and you know, I think everything's pretty good for the most part. So. Oh yeah, and you got yeah. the backing of. I mean, you've got yeah, Grimichi and Evolve and, and yeah, Friction and Metolius. Just getting to climb all the time. It's yeah, it's been awesome. Man. I'm not, you know, I'm by no means wealthy at all, but uh, I'm you know I'm doing what I love, and I get to like just basically have a totally open schedule and just dedicate myself to climbing and trying to improve and achieving those goals, you know? So it's, it's been great. For me, starting off seeing you in like safety third mm-hmm. and following on Instagram to mm-hmm. like watch new climb today. And that's what was so striking is these climbs are, I mean, they're by definition hard mm-hmm. and well, you're just kind of, you know, I mean, it's rel- pretty I guess efficient. It's relative, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you know, you're comfortable on them. You're efficient. And I, yeah. you know, if I were on the sharp end on those climbs, I would have, I would have been like that dude, like eight lines down from us. You could yeah. hear throughout the entire canyon yeah. the whole time. <laughs> that would have been you, me. Well, you know what I was going to say too? I think part of today, what maybe made today kind of like sort of successful was I went into it with like no expectations. Totally. You know? And I was pretty just calm. Even while climbing, I was just like, I like if I fall off, I don't really care. Yeah. And it just kind of chilled me out and I just kind of felt like pretty comfortable up there. Like kind of a, the style I'm sort of good at, and it just like I kind of felt flowy and comfortable on the rock. That, that's such a good analogy to mm-hmm. to your life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when you went into this and you're in Yosemite, finding yourself in 2007, 2008, yeah. what was your expectation? Uh, I think, I mean, I feel like I was pretty immature. All I wanted to do was just like climb. Like I wasn't thinking more than a day in advance, and. Um, you know, I had all these climbs I wanted to do and I was always talking about it and like, 
you know, when I wasn't rock climbing, I was like watching climbing videos or making climbing plans. And it was all climbing, 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 climbing. And um, I didn't really think about anything else. And uh, I think my my expectations were just to be happy and, and achieve all the climbing goals that I had set. And um, yeah, and that, now it's like I've, you know, I was I was actually telling Cedar this the other day, like, you know, he, we were talking about like climbing and, and life and all that. And like, and he, I think he kind of agrees with me too, being, he's like 40, 44 now, you know, there were, there was definitely a big time in my life where I was like, everything was climbing. Like all I did was climbing. And when I was around the campfire with friends, I was talking about climbing. <laughs> and, um, there was actually, I feel like there was a time like sort of 2000. 12, 13, 14, that kind of time where I like really kind of my climbing started to drop. I wasn't improving very quickly and like really hitting a hard plateau. And um, now I kind of think back on that and like trying to figure out what that was. And I think it was that I was just too involved in climbing and I was just getting burnt out. And I was spending, you know, the entire year on the road living in a tent it just was like, it's exhausting. And I didn't even realize it at the time, you know, it's like climbing was my life. And I didn't really think outside that bubble. And like, I just figured I wasn't climbing well because I was just like not training or something or, or whatever. And it was just, I was just getting burnt out, you know, and I wasn't trying as hard and, um, maybe getting more stressed out. And then, you know, I, I met, like, I, I met this girl and she was like, she became my first girlfriend. And I feel like that really helped me like chill out a little bit you know, and started thinking about other things and started doing some other stuff. And like, I think that's like when my climbing really started to get a lot better. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of learned like, you know, train, actually training and trying to eat a little more healthy actually did go a long way. Like climbing outside on the road year round, like you're climbing, like I was saying earlier, the climbing just like, like goes to shit. And, yeah. Uh, you know, like finally like moving into a house and settling down for a little bit for at least like more than a couple months to settle down for like half a year you know I was I started climbing in the gym more and I kind of like had a fresher mind and yeah I started climbing a lot better and um, that's like kind of when I started getting sponsorships and you know I st- like started getting like little videos done and um, that was that was it it's just like you know I think I think there was a time where the psych was it was good for me you know like to really improve you know, like when I got out of high school, but then it started to kind of backfire. And then I think I learned that like, I need to kind of have balance and I need to like, you know, not just be so consumed in one thing. And then, you know, if I can rest and do other things, I'll excel in For sure. the thing I'm most passionate about. So. Yeah. And you got to get back to that focus of happiness. And, mm-hmm. But there is an aspect where I think the barrier, you know, of entry to the professional or sponsored or full-time climbing world is you need to show people that you're that dedicated that mm-hmm. you'll live on the road for a year yeah um because i know that anyone i talk to you know we all climb for fun mm-hmm. whenever people are are younger thinking okay i want to get into it this is their yeah. first class i need to move into a van and i just need to be on the road yeah. and climb everywhere i can yeah to kind of pay the dues and mm-hmm. maybe there is something to that you no know? absolutely i think um i wouldn't have changed anything like especially those op- beginning years i think it was really good that i was like 100 percent absorbed in it fully living on the road and getting the, that mileage in and totally learning all these experiences and you know taking runouts and whippers and injuries and like learning everything the hard way you know that's sure. really feel, i feel like that's how i learned everything in climbing is through the hard way and um yeah that was really important 
Um, but now I'm like kind of at a stage where I feel like I need to like back off a little bit and not just go so hard or else yeah. it's like, I'm not going to climb as well. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I see a lot of kids like that were my age, like, you know, in their like twenties and you know, they're so psyched and they'll come up to me at the campfire and be like, dude, I, I want to climb this. I want to climb that. I want to climb this. And, uh, and it's like, it's cool. Like I see myself in that and I'm like, I'm psyched for them. But I'm also like I I also kind of want to tell him like all right dude you'd have to like you know do what you're doing you do you but like eventually you're gonna have to like take a step back and just kind of like really focus on how you feel and really what is making you happy and like think about like you know what you need to do to like actually get better because not all the time it's not always just like getting that mileage you yeah. know. Um, but you know, at the time right now, it's probably good for you, you know, yeah, to be that psyched totally. and have all these goals and like, you know, be talking about like, you know, Indian Creek when you're in Yosemite and like, like, it's just stuff yeah. like that. Or like everyone always wants, like all like young kids, especially want to know like my goals, what, I, what I want to do like next season. I'm like, dude, I don't even know. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to talk about it right now. I'm in Yosemite right now. I'll talk about tomorrow, but I'm not going to talk about like, you know. It's like I don't want all this stuff in my head and get to get all stressed out about. So I mean, <laughs> it's totally right because it's yeah. funny, you know, when you set out on this this life path, this particular undulation of life, right? Mm-hmm. It was to be happy, yeah, and to focus on climbing and not say, okay, I want to have, you know, this job today, and then five years have this job, and then meet who I'm gonna start a family with and have this kid and, and all these kind of like milestones, yeah. But then you get so deep into the world that it becomes mm-hmm. like you say these kids are asking like what what's your project for mm-hmm. for spring and fall where are you gonna be and then it it is funny when you're at one crag the yeah. second somebody mentions another and then it's like Poof. yeah <laughs> everyone's focused like, on that I don't care about that crag I'm not here there right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but today's a, again a great example of that that you know yeah. you get too dialed in and you forget yeah. why you're doing it yeah and it was interesting you know talking to Jordan as we're climbing and we're watching that girl go up on route. And um, I won't describe her or anything and call anybody out. Oh, yeah, you said someone was crying. Yeah, yeah every time was like, she was That's... on TR and every time she'd fall, she would cry. And, you yeah. know, he made the comment quietly. He's like, just let her down. She's not having fun. Yeah. And it's it's just even at that yeah. level, you know, no matter yeah. where you are, you need to be having a good time. Yeah. And I guess it is kind of hard to, like, find that balance where it's like, I mean, like, w- yeah, I don't know. Like, it's like, you know, I, I've always had a hard time with, like, projecting routes, like, for more than, like, a few days, you know, and I feel like uh, I haven't really done a bunch of really hard grades, and I think it's just because I don't really have the patience to, like, project it, and it's like, you know, after after a few days, I don't have fun anymore. Yeah, uh-huh. And I'm like, so I just kind of give up, and on one hand, it's like, yeah, I want to do what, what's fun, because I'll try harder, and I'll do better. Also, you know, you kind of have to, like, fight through the the unenjoyable parts to like improve so it's like it's definitely got to kind of try to balance it like i feel like maybe that girl today she was too like you're you're just you're not having a good time you're 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 like i know you want to send this and you have to be like driven to do it and you're not doing it and that sucks Mm -hmm. but if it's the point where you're just kind of collapsing and like crying it's probably like just move on do something else maybe try something easier totally maybe maybe just go do something really easy and get some mileage and get your confidence back up um, oh, for I do that all the time. Yeah. If I'm like, if I'm failing hard, I'll go on mm. something a few grades below. Yeah. Like, okay, at least I made it to the top of something. Yeah. I can do this, and then go back. You yeah. know, get your mind back into it. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's tough though. I've always told myself I'm gonna like you know find a hard hard project and spend like a whole season on it, but I just haven't been able to do that. 
like I was going to do that this this season. I was I wanted to like try something that was like way above my level and just dedicate myself to it until I do it. And I just I didn't really end up doing that. So that's interesting because I I do want to ask about when you I mean you've you've soloed some crazy stuff. I mean and and crazy by I'm gonna have to say crazy by reputation. I've never climbed an Eldo, mm-hmm. but the Naked Edge and mm-hmm. hairstyles and attitudes. Mm-hmm. How much do you? study and go up learner burns on those before you go up for a solo okay quite a bit of climber talk here eldo solo the naked edge hairstyles and attitudes learner burns i'll add some links in the show notes but so everyone has some context here eldo is the famous eldorado canyon state park in boulder colorado many test pieces many classic routes tons of history The Naked Edge is considered by many to be one of the most classic climbs in North America, and hairstyles and attitudes to be one of the best pitches or sections of a longer route or link-up in the canyon. Brad soloed both, which means, of course, no ropes or gear to arrest his fall. To put this in perspective, the Naked Edge is about 460 feet long, but you can't just walk up to it. You have to execute over 100 feet of technical climbing just to get to the base of the naked edge. Likewise with hairstyles and attitudes. This particular pitch doesn't start until you've navigated about 350 feet of technical climbing. And last, learner burn. Maybe not a technical term, maybe just crag talk, but it's pretty much climbing a route with the top rope to suss out the movements and protection if track climbing. Oftentimes a climber will take some time to practice the crux moves, Uh, work out their individual beta or method of navigating a particularly challenging section of a climb to increase their chances of successfully climbing the route on lead without falling. Also, Hairstyles and Attitudes has one of the most gripping scenes in the film Safety Third, featured in Real Rock 12, which was also shared by Brad in a recent Instagram post. Link in the show notes. Um, so... You know, although that was an interesting time, like some the main solos I did w- was really just like that was like a, a one year period where I was doing a lot of free soloing, and like when that was when Cedar was there, kind of yeah. capturing all of it. And um, there were like most of those routes were climbs that I would just do a bunch for fun and just for fitness. Like hairstyles and attitudes is a great example. I would just always throw a rope down that and run laps on it for fitness. Um, and then um, it eventually got to a point where I was like man, I'm, like, doing this so easily now. I can do it, like, blindfolded. And, you know, I'm comfortable free-soloing, so why not just, like, free-solo it, you know? Yeah. And um, that's kind of what ended up happening with, like, you know, the Dab Griffith and f- hairstyles yeah, and the Naked Griffith, Edge. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, that that's kind of, like, I guess those were actually, like, free-solo projects, you know, like something where I was, like, oh, I want to solo that. I'm going to, like, train to do it. You know, usually when I'm – free solo something i just go out and like just solo it because i'm like i want to go climb sure yeah and those are like there there are there's been a few others out there that have like have been like free solo projects but um yeah as far as free soloing goes i mean i'm usually when i'm soloing something it's just because i like it's not because i want to like free solo it's because i just want to climb yeah you want to climb get some mileage in yeah just get mileage in just go have fun climbing um but there there have been a few climbs where i've like i'm like like that's a goal i want to solo that totally um, I mean, I have to ask about hairstyles and attitudes because one, I mean, it was such a pivotal scene in Safety Third, mm-hmm. and then I really, I loved your recent Instagram post about it, where you had, you know, the crux where you uh, can go yeah, out really, right really went to the 10B, yeah. and then you go for it, and you know, you talked about okay, I went for the 10B, and I get to the mm-hmm. top, 
and I sit there for 20 minutes before you called your, you know, at the time mm-hmm. girlfriend. And <laughs> this is, is like super selfish for me, mm-hmm. but I think that people do want to hear mm-hmm. when you're there in that moment, can you like put us there somehow, like with everything that's going through your mind and your mm-hmm. body when most of us will never experience mm-hmm. that level of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. You mean like in the moment of like actually doing the solo? Or yeah, and, and being at that particular crux move. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to go for it and quest above, or do you, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Hairstyles, hairstyles, and attitudes was kind of an interesting solo in that it was like, it was the biggest solo project that I ever had. Where the route that took me the longest to kind of work up to, and I, I never thought of like free soloing as like something I would have to work up to. I always just thought of it as something where I'm like, oh, I feel good on that. I'll just go do it, you know, and like not really be too consumed in it sure and, um, yeah you know and then you, you look at Honnold's free solo film like he was consumed with that uh, free rider for like two years or something just or nine or whatever however many years he was just working it over and over and um and I, I guess I did that on a much lower scale for for some of these routes in Eldo and hairstyles especially was like that took a long time to work up to and I feel like that kind of backfired on me and um it became like too too much of a thing and i think you would think oh you you want to like have it super wired and have it like you know take a long time to work up to until the point where you're ready and it's that's like that's what you want to do when you're free soloing because you have to know what you're doing and be 100 percent perfect up there and um i almost feel like with hairstyles it backfired i like did it too many times i thought about it for too long and when i got up there it just didn't feel right i don't know it just wasn't like of just me having fun climbing i uh-huh. was like here I am free soloing. It wasn't like here I am climbing hairstyles. It was like here I am climbing hairstyles without a rope. Yeah. It, that was really that whole concept of being free soloing was just so in my head. And it made me, I feel like it kind of hindered my performance a little bit. You know, there was a sequence where I was, I was like chilling out at this little rest before the hard move, the crux of the climb began. And I was just like thinking about it for a long time. I had been there twice before. And both times backed off on those jug holds and went off on an easier route. And finally, the third time, the t- time when Cedar and Taylor were up there filming, I was like, I felt a lot better that time. The temperature out in the canyon was perfect. And I was like, you know, I almost went for it the time before, but like the temps were a little warm. So I was like, ah, I'm not going to do it. And this time they were perfect. So I was like, oh, I'm probably going to do it it's now. It's going to grip. It's going to be just right. Yeah. And, and I was like, you know, I was. I still felt like kind of like those butterflies in my stomach. You, you know, like sometimes when you're like, you get that adrenaline rush oh, and yeah. you get butterflies. And I was definitely feeling that. And I was kind of like trying to wait for them to go away and just kind of get into the bubble of just climbing. And um, I feel like it never, it never truly formed around me. And that's the first time that ever happened where I started into a, like a cruxy climbing sequence on a solo, being not 100% just in the climbing bubble i was kind of like whoa here i am pretty soloing if i fall i die and um i ended up over gripping because because i was like well i you know i'm not tired i'm not gonna like pump out so i, I may as well just really grip the hell out sure. of these holes <laughs> yeah that mixed with like kind of the weird euphoric feeling which just made me kind of off balance and when i went for the move the hardest move on the climb that i'd climbed like i did the move a hundred times before it just it felt a little different and halfway through the move i was like this doesn't feel like the other hundred times I've done this. And like, really, it wasn't a big deal. Like I still like put me off balance, but not to the point where I felt like I could have fallen. And then Cedar like slowed it down, you know, it it looked really intense. Like (laughs) if you watch it in like normal motion, it barely notice it. But, 
I definitely noticed it when it happened. I was like, whoa, I kind of got off balance like halfway through the hard move. And, um, yeah, I don't know. And, and you know, since then, I, I haven't really done any of these free solo projects, Rob. I had this big goal, like the next big, big goal in soloing, and I'm going to project it and be consumed by it and think about it. And um, I haven't done that, like, since Hairstyles. Like, I've I've done, like, a good number of solos since then, but they've all been stuff where I'm, like, I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, yeah, I feel good today. I'm just going to go climb that, you know, like the rostrum in Yosemite yeah. and like blues riff and there's been like a few other like 511 easy 12s that i've just like gone and done i don't know if that makes sense i don't know maybe i'm just like talking no. nobody <laughs> understands what the hell i'm saying but it's just got to be like for soloing for me maybe it doesn't have to be that way for alex but like for me it has to just be like climbing like i'm just climbing it yeah like f- for fun having or a good if, time and if i'm like if it's movement. a serious thing where i'm like all right the next big goal in soloing. Here it goes. Like I just, I feel like it. That uh, that mindset's gonna throw me off. Yeah. You know? I don't know. I feel like it. It maybe got somewhat close on hairstyles. Maybe not yeah. close, but like, yeah. I don't want that again. So, you know, I'm definitely, I'm still soloing stuff a bunch, but just not really at like as high of a level. Yeah. Like I'm not taking s- bigger steps. You sure. Know? I've plateaued on the soloing level. Which is probably an okay thing to do. I yeah, mean. yeah, I know. It's like, well, man, there are definitely harder solos out there, you know, that I really, really would would be a dream to solo. But um, I'm like almost getting to the point where, I'm, man, I might not ever like do this, you know. I might just be like, that might be it for me. I don't know. Unless yeah. unless it's something where I just wake up and I feel really good and 100% confident and I'll just go for it and do it and that's that. Um, but. I mean, if, it, if it has to be like a whole process like I did on hairstyles, I don't think, I yeah. don't think I can do that again. Well, that's so. a big mental wager and mm-hmm. mm, like spiritual, emotional, I guess, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're in that bubble where you like, oh, if I fall, I die, you know, mm-hmm. but you are aware of that, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, I mean, I'm not trying to say but like But it's like, you don't, like, like in the moment, you don't really want to like be thinking about that exactly in detail. Right. It's like it is in the back of your head. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm invincible right now. But like when you're, when you're soloing. Just you're just climbing. doing it. You're just yeah. climbing. You're just doing it. You're just yeah. moving. You're not thinking about like how you're gonna die if you fall. You yeah, know? <laughs> exactly. And you have yeah. a moment that maybe reminds you that okay, mm. that could have gone differently, mm. and now that's another print on your mind. Of, yeah. Well, shit. Now I'm carrying this as well when yeah. I even and think I, about it. I've like been thinking about. I've I've thought about it a bit too of, of how I would feel in the few seconds of like plummeting to the earth, and it's terrifying. Yeah. You know. <laughs> And it's like, fuck, yeah, I don't want to go through that, you know? So, yeah, it'd be yeah. interesting to, like, get Alex's thought on that if he's if he's thought about his emotions to that. I mean, that's just got to be the most fucked up feeling. Yeah. Like, you know, especially on El Cap where it takes you 10 seconds. Yeah. 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 Be interesting. Oh, hey, I almost didn't see you there. How are you? Enjoying your day? Oh, what's that now? You need some help bringing your brand identity to life? Well, I'll just be danged as heck. I know just the person you need to chat with. Her name is Danica, and she is the genius behind Finlater Creative and behind the Wildermind branding and so much more. Why don't you head on over to finlatercreative.com? That's F-I-N-L-E-T-T-E-R creative.com. Hopefully you can spell creative or slide into her DMs at Finlater Creative. Drop her a note, tell her I sent you, and see what she can do to help with your brand identity, art direction, illustration, logo design, and all that good stuff. She's an amazing human, one of my favorite people, and she packs a major creative punch. 
you ever have falling dreams? It's like that, you know, like you're just like, whoa. Totally. It's like, whoa, dude, having that like is not in reality. I mean, it would suck to have your life ended, but like, dude, those few seconds too. Because <laughs> like, a lot can go through your mind in those yeah. few seconds. Yeah, it moves exactly. at light speed. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I had a very short fall that lasted maybe one, maybe yeah, two oh, seconds, yeah. and I had a lot of thoughts in my and head. You're at like, the time. oh, here it goes. <laughs> yep. A lot of crap, crap, crap. I messed yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> okay, to clear the air, when I fell, it was about a total of 30 feet, but I did hit a large boulder halfway down, so it was really two little 15 foot falls. When I did hit the ground, I bounced and flipped for a bit downhill until I finally just sort of landed and slid. Uh, imagine tossing a rag doll down a flight of stairs. It was probably like that. So, the thought sounded something more along the lines of... What in the hell was that all about? Yeah, sort of like that. And I, I know I'm psyched to do it, so. Right, like the like the kids you were talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you got the psych, well, you've, you know, yeah, want to just commit yeah. to it, get in yeah. there and do it. You know, but then pay attention, you know, like to, to how you feel. There was a big section here where the interference from the planes overhead just killed the audio. So we chatted about Yosemite and how Brad is feeling strong and the psych is high. But as we get older and as we visit these places again and again, Sometimes the allure they once held starts to wane. Naturally, we need to push further. And likewise, as we get older, perhaps we even mix business and pleasure, if you will, for those overseas destinations. Let's jump back in. You know, maybe maybe I'll reach a time in my life where it's like, I, I'm, I'd like to do more than just climbing if I were to travel abroad, you know? Like, I don't want to go all the way to, like, Spain just a rock climb and (laughs) and um but i don't know if i want to like spend a whole month and all the money going to spain if it's like if i'm not just gonna rock climb you know like i'm i'm right there i'm that's where i'm at right now if that makes sense you know totally but i think i i think i will get to a point where i i'll be like okay i'm willing to go to spain to like do multiple stuff yeah and um climbing will be the main thing but um but right now it's like i don't want to spend my entire spring in spain yeah so it's funny how like that evolves though as we get older and mm. you know you're so narrowly focused on okay it's it's got to be a climbing trip and yeah. well okay there's good food and some yeah. museums and yeah, things yeah. to see but you're not quite fully wanting to you know yeah. <laughs> commit to that life yet yeah exactly yeah so I, there's time for that you know oh absolutely like I I can go to, I can go to like Australia with Grampians um and then like scuba dive you know oh. like that'd be cool and then I like, go freaking like pet a <laughs> Some crazy animal or something. I don't know. Wallaby. Yeah, wallaby or something. A kangaroo or something. But uh, but that is, again, that's just so, it gives you a, like a nice common thread of all mm-hmm. these places. Mm-hmm. And then you're not just like, okay, well, I'm going to spend all this money, all this time to go there to, I don't know, yep. hang out and see tourist stuff. Yeah. Which is fine for some people. Yeah, yeah. But you know, we're maybe wired different. Mm. Google is full of competing information about petting wallabies and kangaroos. If anyone has first-hand experience, shoot me an email. Also, if you have a wallaby or kangaroo I can pet, shoot me an email. I generally stick to petting dogs, but come on. Wallabies are cute. Who wouldn't want to pet one? Can you imagine just wandering down the countryside with your wallaby friend? Crap, now I want a wallaby friend. 
So you're 30 years old, mm -hmm. and you know you've been doing this for quite a long time. As you sit here right now, are you happy? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I've been really happy. I feel like you know, especially I think since getting the sponsorships and stuff, and just be free to just focus on like improving as a climber, and um, I feel like I'm doing that pretty well, and it feels really good. And um, just this year right now, like in Vegas, I've been you know I, I've had a good time kind of resting and hanging out with good friends and doing all that. And cue more planes. It's almost like we're in a city that never sleeps and airplanes are constantly taking off and landing. Crazy. Inevitably, our conversation turned to injuries. Brad's broken his ankles and his back. Remember the hand model scene in Zoolander where David Duchovny's character, J.P. Pruitt, wears a glass protective case around his hand? You're J.P. Pruitt. The world's greatest hand model. Once upon a time, but things change. Thanks to this homemade hyperbaric chain. If climbers could do that, they did. would. <laughs> Upper body injuries are the most feared. And that's what we were talking about when the air traffic finally calmed. How with lower body injuries, you have time to really focus on training your upper body, your core, and that finger strength. You train your upper body, you get your fingers strong as hell, your psych builds, and then you go outside and you're just like, you've just been training, that's all you've been doing, and totally. your fingers are like steel, <laughs> and you just want to climb everything because you spent like six months not doing anything. Yep. And uh, yeah, those are great. That's actually when I got all of my my highest sentence was after my ankle, broke my ankle. Like I said, my my fingers were so, so strong. strong. Your yeah. core is probably really strong, oh, yeah. your arms are strong, yeah. And you're just ready. Yeah. You're, <laughs> you're ready, yeah. Wanting. You've yeah. been laid up in bed thinking yeah. about it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And so you've had, you've broken both ankles, right? Yeah, I've broken the left one once and the right one twice. <laughs> yeah. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, you know, um, I'm sort of preaching a little bit like, oh, you know, you got to like, you got to like have multiple interests and all this. But like, I'm by no means, like whoever's listening, I'm by no means I have any of this figured out. You know, like, <laughs> like, I feel like I have it a little more figured out than I did like 10 years ago. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I know I was like, cause I was just thinking about like what I was just saying earlier. I was like, you know, I shouldn't be preaching because I definitely don't like, I'm not like, I still like all I think about is climbing mostly. So maybe not as much as, the, as I did then, but uh, yeah. Oh, no, but you know, at the same time, we've been hanging out the whole day, and we mm -hmm. we talked about a yeah, quite we a few things. Yeah, a lot you know, of a lot, a lot of, stuff, of different. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe stuff we shouldn't talk about on the podcast. But I think yeah. it'd make an interesting podcast. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe a separate podcast, yeah. like shit talking or something. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I'm like, you know, this this because you asked me if I'm happy right now, and I I am, but I a part of me is like, I kind of wish I had done other stuff this winter. You know, like, I, I did a lot of gym climbing, I hung out with friends, you know, I, I read books and stuff, but it was like, yeah, that could have been time spent, like, learning a new interest, like, learning how to do something, you know, and, like, <laughs> I probably would have been better. It, would, it wouldn't have affected my climbing, probably. I don't know. There, there were definitely some days where I was just really lazy, and I didn't really do anything, and it was on those days where I was like, man, I, I could have, like... I don't know. I could have done something productive. Doesn't that suck? And you that, look at the clock and you're like, oh shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that day's gone. I, I got to get that figured out, I think. Like, you know, just, just because I'm not climbing doesn't mean I, I don't have to be doing anything. It's like, <laughs> like, you know, I could be, you know, I don't know. Self awareness, though. So, that's where yeah. it starts. By yeah, realizing, yeah. you know, I can do these things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like you have a lot of interest from our conversations. I think yeah. there are a lot of avenues you could take. Exactly. Yeah. There were some great AI ideas that you had. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love I love that stuff. Yeah. Oh man. 
but it's it, fascinating. It fascinates me and scares the crap out yeah, of me. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's and that's what's fascinating. It's like so scary. Like, totally. Whoa, that could just like end us. And I love <laughs> yes. that. I don't know. It's like I love horror films and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's always really fascinating for me. It, it, it's and it's so the same, you know. Every time you know you talk to people about climbing or and these things, they're like, "Oh, you adrenaline junkie." You're like, "No, I'm not an adrenaline junkie," yeah. but there is something with like that kind of that fear because I'm the yeah. same way. Like scary movies and the fact that AI is going to obliterate all of us yeah. terrifies <laughs> and excites me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> no, I will say it was free soloing though. Like adrenaline's not a good thing to have. I think free soloing. Yeah. I, I can I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah, it's like if you if you're feeling like all jittery and adrenaline-y up there, you you should come down. Yeah. Totally. Like how I fall for a second on hairstyles and attitudes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that. No, no. You want to be like a, in this, this awkward state of zen where yeah. you're just so dialed into the motions and the moment that mm-hmm. you're not worried about anything else. Yeah. But watching a horror film and getting that like adrenaline and oh, from that, yeah. yeah, that's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but maybe not when you're like, you know, your life actually does depend on it. You don't totally. want like, you don't want the surge of adrenaline or like weird butterfly feeling, you know, <laughs> it's like you want to be just focused. You know? It was like how I told you earlier when I first started to climb, I'd watch all the like climbing fail videos. Mm, yeah. Having that in I your agree. mind when yeah. you go to climb is not the best thing. No. So I had to stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. But watching it on YouTube is great. Yeah, or even, even watching yourself, like, you know, watching oh, Safety man. Third and breaking my back. It's like, I love watching that. It's great, you know? <laughs> like, in the moment, it sucked. But, like, going back and watching it, it's like, whoa. Or, like, you know, just having my palms sweat and be like, Dude. whoa, this is this is intense. It's like a horror film, you know? <laughs> yeah. but, uh, How far was that fall? Uh, It wasn't that far. It was, like, 20 feet. That's so. it's two stories. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe 15, 20 feet. But Oof. yeah, it's the way I feel. Like I kind of fell on my butt and it, like compressed the two vertebrae. Gee, so. And you go back and watch that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I had to watch it. We went on tour and I saw it maybe a hundred times. You know. So. Was there a point though that it sucked to watch it at first, or was it always like interesting? Because you're like, um, well, this is something that happened. To me I mean, now it's to the point where I'm, uh, I don't want to watch it anymore because it's like I've seen it so many times. Yeah. But, um, even I guess even still, I'll watch it. It's like I'll still get sweaty palms sometimes. You know. <laughs> Jeez. Um. And then, like, you know, watching, like, free solo, oh, my God. Like, that's, like, like, you, you, like sweaty palms, like, like all the way on that film. Isn't that, I mean, you know yeah. what happens. You know, still, you know, like, you know he's sweaty. still alive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, man, because I remember watching Safety Third at the La Paloma Theater mm-hmm. in Encinitas when it came out in Real Rock. And we know you're alive, mm-hmm. and we know that you're, you know, not Same paralyzed. here, I'm like, I'm alive, yeah. right? Like, he, like, I'm going to make it, right? Because, <laughs> yeah, like, here, here I am, so I, I'm not going to fall there. We're, all, we're like, <laughs> waiting for this alternate reality where you're yeah. actually not alive yeah. somehow. Same There's here, just... yeah. Like, oh, shit, here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you break your back, and you yeah. see, like, in the gym doing, like, hangboard exercise with a back yeah, brace. Yeah. <laughs> and then at that, on, on uh, hairstyles and attitudes. Mm-hmm. At that moment, and it's just like this. <gasps> everyone yeah. in the theater, like, wait, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he did, he didn't fall. He didn't fall, yeah. But it's just like, man. Yeah. Yeah, but it, maybe it goes into the same kind of uh, human fascination with all those things. As I mean, how many fail videos do we end up watching or yeah. talking about? Today? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, naturally, once you've talked about AI, adrenaline, breaking your back, and fail videos. You have to level it all out with a peek into the crystal ball to see if you can predict your future. So, 10 years later, what does Brad's future look like? I think um, the first thing that always comes into my head is, like, I'll be guiding. Oh, yeah. 
Um, like I, awesome. I'm pretty sure I can make a living guiding, but um, I don't know. Like I, I hear a lot of people who are guides, and it's like it doesn't sound like they really like it. So, but you know, maybe maybe it'll be different, or may, maybe they do like it, and maybe they slid into it too early too. I mean, yeah. you know, they didn't get to like do all the things that they really wanted to do and yeah. do it for money. Yeah. You know. I don't know. I I guess another thing would be like rope access work. Um. Hell yeah. So the stewardship stuff, I mean, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. So you're doing the Red Rock Rehab mm -hmm. next weekend, right, with Jordan? And yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Jordan's, Jordan's going to be there. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's the inaugural one, right? Uh, Yeah, well, you know, it's like they're kind of doing it in place of the... Um, the rendezvous? The rendezvous, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it sounds cool. Sounds like they got a good um, a good setup. Yeah, cool so it's going to be like a bunch of clean, cleanup. And clean up, yeah. That'll awesome. be cool. And you're, are you going to do a presentation for this? Yeah, I'll do um, like Saturday night maybe or something. Yeah, I'm going to do a little slideshow. Nice. So, yeah. What's the slideshow going to be on? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I'll probably figure that out like literally. Every time I do a slideshow, it's like i putting it together the day of. <laughs> but, you know, I we were talking about that earlier too. I think like the best slideshows I've given have been ones where I've just like totally thrown some photos together and just talk whatever comes out of my mouth, you know? Totally. And then it sounds like you're having a conversation with the, the audience. Oh, for sure. And it, it just sounds, feels more organic. And I, I feel like I'm, I can be a little like more humorous. Yeah. And, um, that, that's ten, that, ten, that tends to be how I'm going to like, how, how I do most of my slideshows. And it's, it's, I'm probably going to have like a theme of like Red Rocks you know, since we're in Red Rocks and I've climbed there, there a lot and I have a lot of good stories. So, I'll probably talk mostly about that, but I'm not going to have any strict like, something to talk about. Oh, for sure. And, I, and I've gone to, you know, several of these, like, slideshows, and I think that's mm -hmm. when it's the best. Because, like, we mm -hmm. go there because, you know, you guys are doing stuff that we're mm -hmm. hoping to do or just, know we can't do or whatever that might be. Mm -hmm. And it's I, a fascinating I, clip. I the find world. the best part is, like, putting up, like, amazing, badass photos but then kind of talking shit on yourself. <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's not like if you were just talking, making yourself look stupid without the photos, that would suck. Yeah. But you totally. got these badass photos kind of, you know, s soften the blow that you're giving yourself. And it, and then it, it sounds like you kind of like, I don't know, it feels like you're you're more like part of the group. And uh, Oh, yeah, But then it's sure. like the photos and like the videos and stuff make it entertaining. Um, yeah, that's awesome, man. And like, you know, making sure that these places, and you're really good about that in social media. Making people aware of leave no trace. Mm. Also, I wanted to mention, and I want people to hear this: when mm. you were, you know, projecting just certain sequences on the route, mm. you brushed the ticks. I yeah. loved that. Or even just yeah, like yeah. if you were, you know, chalking it up because you kept yeah. touching it. I've well, I I'll be I'll be honest. Like the mo the main reason I was brushing was to get like the the grease. Like it was boar's hair brush. Sure, you know, sure, and yeah. It, like takes like grease and oils off the off the holds. Um, but yeah, I, I do I do like tend to like. I usually brush like super chalked holds that are like visible from the ground. You mm -hmm. like definitely chalk that up, chalk yeah. that off, but or I brush that it off. Awesome. Um, but yeah, like usually when I'm brushing holds, it's to like get that crisp, more crisp feel. Totally. Yeah, yeah. like you do when you go to a gym, get all the scum mm -hmm. off of it. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. but um, you know, with your social media and how you make sure to to inform people, you know, it don't climb on wet sandstone and mm -hmm. yeah. keep these areas clean and this, this yeah. is how we maintain access and yeah. getting involved in the, the rehab. Uh, you know, that's one, I feel like one of the, um, one of the big pluses about climbing getting so popular. Like, you know, the, it's like easy to think like, oh man, the climate's getting so popular. It's just going to like fall apart. But um, one of the, one of the big pluses I think is that like people who, who start climbing are more like inclined to like be more environmentally aware. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll be picking up trash, you know, and, and, like, cleaning the place up. And, 
you know, there's also more tourism and more people getting into like hiking and stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think climbers can be sort of like the, uh, they they could be in the forefront of like cleaning stuff up, you know, like For there's sure. more, there's more climbers out at the crag, out on the trails. Places are actually going to get cleaner as, as more climbers kind of enter the scene. So I, that's all. Yeah, I love yeah. that, man. I think I totally yeah. agree because you hear yeah. a lot of anytime something gets popular. And I think right now you, there is a lot of kind of trash talk about, mm-hmm. you know, so many people getting into it and like all these gumbies out there. It's like, yeah. okay, well we were all started somewhere and mm-hmm. we're all could be better, mm-hmm. but there are a lot more people who are aware of, mm-hmm you know, making sure these areas are maintained. Yeah. Which is awesome. I mean, yeah. you know, today at a, out at, um, Oh, lime kiln. Yeah. Lime yeah, kiln. Yeah. yeah. Out there. Um, it was pristine. It looked great. And yeah. There was, yeah. There's no it trash. Was packed. Yeah. yeah. And you know, cause that's like a climber crag, you know, like yeah, climbers exactly. don't litter, you know? Yeah, exactly. And climbers pick up like litter that they see. So, you know, it's like, you know, we're like a vacuum, you know, totally, I guess yeah. you could look at it like that. I don't yeah. Know. That's, yeah. And that's a good message, I think, to new climbers coming into the scene. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's 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 welcoming, but also a good, also reminder. You know, yeah. we're all. You know, and and also like you know, I think more people like the more people who are getting into outdoor stuff. You know, it's, it's more people who are going to be environmentally, uh, you know, concerned about you know the future of the earth. Totally. You know, like if you're if you're living in some sub- urban area, and like you never go outside, it's I don't know, it's kind of hard to connect with global warming or climate change and like. Yeah or pollution and trash and stuff but when you're like getting out there and actually seeing the beauty you know you're like more like wow you know that's really cool and more uh willing to sort of help make that change of like yeah making the earth a better cleaner place oh so, for sure and you see it you yeah. know like you say when you're inside in a thermostat controlled mm-hmm. building watching yeah. tv or whatever yeah. you don't get exposed but i mean how many times have we been outdoors and how many sunsets have we seen but still mm-hmm. the one today you're like yeah, this is a like, do you know place. like any climbers that are like, like, ah, climate change, that's all bullshit. <laughs> it's like no, no, it's like no. you know, no one, no climbers are like that. You know, no they're way. all like, they all care about like the, the planet. You know, because oh, they're, they're living outside and they're they're seeing the beauty of it and they care about it. You know? Oh yeah, but, exactly. <laughs> you know, if if you grow up in an environment where you're just never outside, then it's like I totally understand how you'd be like, what, what is, what climate change, what? I don't <laughs> what know. the hell is What's that? Global warming? I don't know. <laughs> I don't pay taxes on that. <laughs> But um, I don't know. Absolutely, absolutely. That's me trying to sound like speaking words of wisdom. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I was like, ah, oh, I gotta try to say something like, you know, say I don't know, a positive message. So there you go. Like, there's good. There's good to be climbing, getting super popular. You know, there's definitely good. There's 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 bad stuff, but there's also a lot of plenty of good stuff. So. Oh yeah, you know, and like we talked about earlier, you know, there's only so many like crags and things like that, mm-hmm. but. You know, people are discovering more, but as long as we keep the ones we have clean, yeah, it's not that. Yeah, big and the more issue. the more cli- the more people that are out there climbing, the more cool stuff's gonna get discovered. So. Totally, yeah, you gotta. You know, push it's like we further. we can't we can't make like a second nose, but we could find other routes that are like that. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's so something else out there. There's more stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a a great thing because, you know, people talk about this influx of new climbers. Like all of a sudden, there's a thousand new people out of your crag, and it's it's not. I mean, we're just not multiplying by that anyway, yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think this is a great place because we're on a positive track now. <laughs> not yeah, that we never were. Yeah. Just, <laughs> before we get into, like, anything really negative and stuff, you know. Totally, because we can coming. go there. It's coming. It's coming on the next step. Yeah. When, I, when I can afford to lose some followers, yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, by a lot, yeah. we'll do that podcast. Yeah, we'll do some, like, you know. Okay. Let's just say it was late. It had been a full day, and yeah. We're just going to skip over some of the stuff that we found funny, but, you know, 
Uh, let's just move along. Probably a good spot to end it right there. <laughs> yeah, well, done. And so this is my favorite part because I get to hear it too. Um, just whatever, however you want to end it. And it, mm. I mean, I always tell people it could be a story, something funny, something serious, a message. Mm. But totally oh, your words, your mic, all you. Um, let's see. One of my favorites. I'll just tell one of my favorite, like kind of short stories. Oh uh, yeah, climbing. I'm psyched um, for this. This time it was two years ago, like right around this time. I uh, Honnell and I were climbing up on Rainbow Wall, and I took this slip down. Um, uh, you know what? I'm I'm actually saying this because I when you ask the question about what I'm going to talk about in that 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 uh the slideshow, yeah, I, I, this kind of the story came into my head, so now it's like in my head. And I forgot <laughs> just tell it. Okay. But yeah, we were up there and. Uh, and uh, I took this slip down the slide, down the slab, and I slid like 60 feet, and um, broke my ankle really bad. And it was like kind of getting dark. We didn't have headlamps, and um, that was probably the reason I kind of slipped, is we were rushing because we were trying to get down from the wall because we didn't have headlamps. And it's a big, big, big descent, like really technical. A lot of third and fourth class to get down, some fifth class, and um, you know it's not an easy, easy thing to do in the dark. And I ended up breaking my ankle really bad, and we ended up having to like get out of there in the dark with a. And then I had a broken ankle, and so I ended up like crawling out of the canyon. There were there were times where like he could put me on his back and like kind of help me out a bit, but like it's so technical that like he needs his hands and balance as well. And like I would just kind of be like crawling down, and it was like the mo- it was the most heinous thing I've ever done. Like it was one of the hardest, most physically challenging things I've done. And, um, yeah, it just hurt like hell. Like, my ankle was just getting super swollen. And, like, I was just, like, crawling into cactus and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, it was epic. It, it, like, we got back to the car at, like, 3 in the morning. And um, I was I was so exhausted. I didn't even want to go to the hospital until the next day. I was like, I'm just going to, like, go home, go to sleep. Because I'm just, like, so spent. Like, I don't even want, like, the pain meds. Like, and, um, of course, I woke up at, like, 5 in the morning just, like, ah, hurts, you know, and, like, had my, had my girlfriend drive me to the, to the, uh, to the, to the ER so I can get the meds, but, like, oh, man, yeah, that was, um, that's, I'm gonna, I'll probably talk about that in the, in the slideshow, like, when you, when you asked, I was like, yeah, what am I gonna talk about, and, like kind of came into my head so we'll leave you with that story That's so there you go story man you know you, if you rush it if you rush too fast you're gonna fall and break your ankles so and hopefully it, take it slow your buddy yeah. is there to help to help, help out a little bit yeah <laughs> so epic That's, yeah i think that is like kind of the definition of a climbing epic yeah it was that was so. awesome brad thanks cool. again man for yeah. the, for the time and Absolutely. for for hanging and climbing today yeah for sure cool dude hell yeah brad thank you so much for taking the time to sit for the wilder mind podcast thank you for the day of climbing out at the grail wall the laughs the crazy conversations and of course the amazing fail videos the wilder mind podcast is hosted and produced by yours truly the theme music by the incredibly talented alexis tia wherever you are whatever you're doing and whoever you're with to your wildest self be true.